0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Horn. I'm here to introduce loads and loads of our best clips from this week's Red Men Plus content. Just want to give you guys a heads up like I do each and every week on this show. All these clips you're about to hear are from our full Red Men Plus shows. If you want to get them, even in video or indeed podcast form, simply head on over to redmenplus.com. If you sign up as a yearly club captain, that would usually cost you £50 for the entire year. However, if you use the code weekly, W-E-E-K-L-Y, on the sign-up payment page, we'll give you 50% off. There you go. So you'll have it for 25 quid for the year, which is an absolute Bargain, absolute bargain just for you wonderful, wonderful weekly listeners. So yeah, check it out, hopefully you'll enjoy it and like I say, let's crack on then. Introducing the clips, what a monumental win Liverpool had last weekend. Yes, I know we're nearly at the Bournemouth game but still, when are we not going to stop reminiscent about Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Let me say that again, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. It was an absolute pleasure to host the final word show This week I had Abby Rudkin in, I had Sam Walker in and we had a big old chat about how good Mo Salah was in that game and him breaking Liverpool's Premier League goal-scoring record. So yeah, check this out. It's time then to let's let's coordinate the king again. Um, It's easy to take for granted how really special Mohamed Salah is. He goes past Robbie Fowler's record, 129 Premier League goals now for Liverpool more than any other player in this competition's history. He's a he's a freak. <laughs> he just is, he's absolutely freak. I'll, be, I'll, I'll start with you. Then two more goals, two different, two instinctive goals. Like we've seen, most Alice score loads. You know, cut inside and bend them in. We've seen much score a little, you know penalties. He can do. Mm. He can run one on one like he always does. Alice and kicks or whatever and slide them in. But these two are just balls that bounce to him. Mm. And first time, both of them have rocketed past uh, David Zaha. He was, I think he was our best player overall. He sco- the all, all three of them scored two goals all the strikers, but Salah's entire game was incredible. He couldn't get near him. The only time they got near him was to foul him, and they took it in turns of fouling him, and he didn't mm-hmm. bother him. He just got back up and he played and he played. Martinez elbows him in the face, probably could have got red carded, just gets up, keeps playing, playing, playing. And then, before we even talk about his goals, like, the best way to get back at somebody who tries to elbow him in the face is to literally spin them like a spinning <laughs> top. Make them fall over and set a goal up, and then go and get yourself two more, like he was incredible like I don't know if he has to like, I, don't, I might be wrong cause I'm a Liverpool fan so I'm biased of course like he's an all time Premier League great he's a great player he's one of the best players in the world he's having this down season oh what's happened to Mo Salah you give him the contract and he's gone to shit and all this but like he was phenomenal. He was the best player on the pitch. by My life, I thought he was unbelievable. Again.
3: I feel like he won't get the plaudits he deserves until after he leaves. Though, so when people look back at what he's done, like you speak to people now and they're still like, oh, still think Suarez was better for us and all that. But you look at the records that Mo's done; it's unbelievable. Like you need to take give credit where it's due. We won't see much better than Mo Salah ever again. Like I honestly think Mo might be probably my best player that's ever played for us apart from Steve. You know, like he's worked his way up there. All the amazing moments. Most saladers give us over the years, and he's still gonna keep doing it. He even tweeted himself, like made up to make history with the club, like wanting to make more. He wants to carry on with this club, and I know we give him the money that he wanted, and now he deserves it. Because I think a few shows I've done with I've been like, oh my god, we've given him all that money. And he just showed yesterday he is so worth absolutely every penny, and he's just absolutely brilliant. I wouldn't swap him for anyone. And out of the three, original from three, if I was gonna keep any of them it would have been Mel and I'm glad he's still with us now. And he's evolving with Gakpo and Nunes, he's gonna be a part of that for hopefully a long, long time.
0: It's interesting to sound because like he's a winger, effectively, but he's a forward. Yeah. But he's got the mentality of of a striker. You could tell he knew that goal was the record. He knew Took his top, like you do not yeah. you don't just. Take, I didn't. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I never really. I, I, I had, an idea that was coming. I was
3: terrified I, when that VAR with the VAR thing, yeah, yeah. thing oh, all, I was and oh, don't tell, do it to him when he's should, just took his top or... off. He
0: can't because he can't do it again if he scores anything no. get himself sent off. But he, he knew he, he's got that mentality. Goal goal scorers have it. know? He, he said to himself. I, 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 he said since the day I signed, that was me. Like I wanted this. Like I knew what I could do. He's now, just just for clarity, 205 Premier League games for Liverpool, 129 goals in those league games, added to 53 assists as well. So look at that. So it's 129 out of 53. My quick maths tells you that's 182 goal yep. involvements. I think I'm right in saying in 205 games, it's absolutely ridiculous. In all comes, no, 200, that? 291 games all comps, 178 goals and 69 yep. assists. Like, he is the king. He is ridiculous. And... His record against Manchester that's 12 goals. There's another record 12 times now he scored against Manchester United. Nobody's even come close to doing that for Liverpool. He's a special, special player. I think we've all been a little bit critical of him Again, the whole team's been critical of everyone. It's like, well, you've got the money, mate. You're the one who needs to drag us through yeah. it. And yesterday, he, he more than stood up. He was sensational. He has been, he's been he's arrived in 2017. He's been a sensation ever, ever since. Ever since. He's, yeah. been, he's just The levels of that man and the consistency to do it over, what is it now... This is six seasons at Liverpool. Six seasons consistently scoring. 44 goals, 27 goals, 23 goals, 31, 31. And he's already on 22 now in Crazy. a down year. Yeah. He is just... He's a freak. Yeah. And do you know what? Forwards need their, their mates
4: with them to create chances, to create space, to work work on rhythm and patterns and momentum. It's the hardest position to play on the pitch scoring goals because you're the, you're the difference maker. But you've got to get there and you've got to... you know The other end makes a big... Uh, sort of whole team, everything evolves around you up front scoring the goals. But that base has got to start from not shipping them like we have. So it's been a down year, but it's not necessarily Mo's fault. And you know we've all been critical, to be honest, of Mo in certain games like Palace. You know where was Mo? But it's difficult when the whole team's not performing to its best. Mm-hmm. You know I, I, I'll just to sort of reminisce a little bit. There was periods of time where I thought Mané was that guy who was going to stay to his thirty-four. But once again. We, we slate Liverpool Football Club and they're right again, they've killed it you know, the Gakpo move and we knew Bobby was going superb work, Mo Salah giving him the contract and not backing maybe Mane, superb work because he's proven once again, I actually thought and it's 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 amazing that it's worked out that it was the, the game that breaks the record I actually thought it was his best performance ever for Liverpool yesterday and when I say that it's because he's played against Man City, he's played, against, he's played really well he's played against Madrid and you know, we've never beat them but he's played okay, he's played against Barcelona we didn't. he didn't play that game the famous 4-0 all these big games Bayern Munich okay but against the top side he's been full of moments Man City where really he does that amazing moment but he wasn't amazing for 90 minutes yesterday Luke Shaw who's had his decent games against Salah before couldn't get near him Martinez Varane the, you know, the, the triangle that they've got with Casemiro they haven't been beaten apparently I don't know but yeah, he man. couldn't get near them Every time he got the ball, he was too strong for anyone on the pitch. His touch was unbelievable. He was working in small spaces, the amount of oohs and ahs we'd done when he just turned and twisted. His passing, his delivery, two goals, two assists. I genuinely believe, I can't think of a better Mohamed Salah performance in Liverpool share than yesterday. And it's just beautiful that like, it, it fits in with the, when he breaks when the, the record. Hold. And I just think it sums him up. He never, ever gives up. And, he, mm-hmm. and, and from what I'm told from within the club, he takes more care of his body than anyone they've ever
0: seen. You can tell that by when he gets his top oh, off. Baby. Jesus oh, Christ. Gets me, gets me legs obviously, going. Honestly, <laughs> I, I had a little moment there when I was like, fuck, oh, nice to just... You know, when he gets his top off? He, 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 I saw him... He's got new muscles, Annie, all the time. yeah, it's, it's ridiculous every time. He's, he's, like, growing muscles in places that didn't even know existed. And he's, like... He's had more. He's had more yellow cards for taking his top off against Man United at Anfield. The Man United have scored goals at Anfield. That's insane. Since he arrived, and I brought, I've got this. If Aaron can bring it up on the screen for those who, who are watching, you'll be able to. For those who are listening, it's basically go to my Twitter account. That's the o, <laughs> and you'll see. Like, this is Lissandro Martinez, who's the butcher, who's having one of the best centre half seasons of all time. You know, I saw it, of, p- people were apologising for doubting him at the start of the season. He's literally looking the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's a good player, and again, he is fake. Salah's just sent him. He's put him in knots. He, he hasn't got a clue, and that's the other thing. I mean, that sometimes it's underappreciated from oh, Salah. We also have the goals. Every, the goals are, they speak for themselves. The goal right speaks for himself. He's brilliant at everything. Like he's dribbling, his mm-hmm. like, that that lad is a good defender. Like, and it's funny because. He's, made a, he's been made a show of there, but that just shows how good Mo Salah is because Martinez has been really good for them. He's been he's been a driving force. You know, he was a World Cup winner. He's been a reason why Man United have have, um, mm. have got themselves back into some sort of semblance of what Man United should be. He's made a show of him, and then not only that, he falls over, and I don't even know how he see his Cody Gakpo because I didn't even know he was there. He, he just appears. I was like, how's he seen that? Yeah. And he does it time and time again. He, he again, he's just like the levels that he reached yesterday and with Sam like it's up there with one of the best Liverpool performances I've ever seen from anybody and to yeah. do it against Man United at home against and Man United do it again come in full of beans and they've got this you know, we've got Verano, we've got Casemiro, and we've got we've got Luke Shaw, we've got and we've got fucking the butcher. Well, the butcher got fucking rinsed, Did <laughs> he? He was got made a show basically. Got carved yeah. up. He did. Didn't he? he? Got absolutely sliced and salt bathed. Like it was <laughs> absolutely crazy. <He> just absolutely. <laughs> did. Salt bathed. Yeah. Just absolutely rinsed. And that, 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 that's how good Mo Salah is.
3: No, he did. Mo was absolutely all over the place literally unbelievable I'm still laughing at that salt uh, someone really? needs to beam yeah. that up someone no, needs no, to beam yeah, Salah doing that. <laughs> that oh my god no but I honestly think you're right that probably was one of Mo's best performances if not the best I mean he's probably scored even better goals for us but overall performances altogether, together he was absolutely all over the place oh my god that photo is so funny though did you see someone edited like a Doctor Strange circle <laughs> where he's like running away and then like Old Trafford through it when he's trying to get away From there, we literally had me met myself. It was hilarious. The content's
0: been great. No,
3: it has. Literally, the memes have been absolutely unbelievable. And even Mo said to himself, like on the Twitter account, like, "What a good night for Liverpool fans!" Like, he absolutely knows how we all felt. We were all absolutely ecstatic. And when he whipped his shirt off, absolutely. Oh, I was just made up for him you know he does. He deserves that record like I love Fowler but the stuff's most done for us over the last six years he absolutely deserves that record and he's probably going to absolutely smash it even further It's just going to carry on yeah, he's he is, just no, going to yeah. keep going and going isn't he just, yeah, but
4: can, can I, I just add to that celebration is one of the things hello Paul <laughs> 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 um, can I just add to that you should have seen Trent's when Salah got that goal, he was With absolutely. He the crown on his head. like no, but he was like yes. He was screaming like he just yeah. won the lottery for one of yeah. us. He wins the lottery every week when he gets paid. But <laughs> <laughs> him, yeah. like 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 Salah Trent was like even. over the moon, and, and Elliot uh, uh, and Salah the hugs that they because obviously they kind of mentor. He mentors them. But mm. the way the team was so happy for, for each other. F- for each other. The way yeah. Trent was made up for Salah to go above Fowler, and the way mm. the way Elliot was like. It just shows how important salad is to not just on the pitch, but off Ellie, the Elliot
0: was like, "Oh, was yeah. it?" Elliot was bow down. There you, you go. Busy, yeah. You know what I mean? That was, was busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's understandable. Uh, I've got the record here by the way. Liverpool's Premier League goal scorer, so uh, Mohamed Salah sits top of it, of course, now on 129 ahead of Robbie Fowler, Stephen Gerrard, Michael Owen. They're the only other ones who uh, got over 100. fouls just for the clarity, Salah's done it in way, way, way less. Sadio and Bobby in there, though, that's nice. They're close, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Bobby's gonna have to have the season of his life to get it. <laughs> but, uh,
4: <laughs> uh,
3: Mo's just just gonna keep going up and up and up. We'll never. Yeah. If someone, I don't even think anyone will ever break well, what Mo's gonna well, that,
0: that's do. That's right? Yeah, but we uh, will down and Cozy. i will take it now if you're
3: offering. In
0: tables of all come. By the way, Mohamed Salah now sits seventh in the Pills all time leading scorers. So he's, he's, set, he's only five goals behind Robbie Fowler. Yeah. Um, and Robbie Fowler played 369 games. Mo wow. Salah's only played 291. Steven Gerrard is next, 186. Again, 700 games. Billy Liddle on 228. Gordon Hodgson on 241. Roger Hunt on 285. And then right at the top is Ian Rush on, on 346. I mean, Mo's probably not going to score 100 yeah, If He gets uh,
4: off free. Do you?
0: I think 70 goals goals in the next two Two and and a bit bit seasons. seasons. And that's that's if he doesn't stay
4: And he could stay longer
0: as well, yeah. There's a chance he could go at least above Billy Little and maybe into the top three. And the games, like Ian Rush's record, he plays 660 games. And Mojada's just not going to do that. He's not going to be here long enough. But if you look at the, the, just in terms of the games, to be in that top 10, everybody else in the top 10. Played, it was like the closest with Michael Owen. He got one fifty eight in in six more games. Yeah, like it's ridiculous to be to be seventh. I've only I've played less than three hundred games. at Sam, it, it is he is just like he's like I saw Adam Rowe, a friend of the show, comedian, saying like. He's up, he's, in, he's He could be the best ever Liverpool player if he wins another league or maybe another yeah, Champions yeah. League. You put you, people, there's conversations to be had of, of the Dag and the, and the and the Gerrards because they're probably everyone's top two. Like, if he made a Liverpool Mount Rushmore, everyone would <laughs> have Dag Leash and Gerrards yeah, on it, yeah. of course they would. But like, we're not that far away from Salah putting himself right in that mix. And we've had some amazing players over the years, don't get me wrong, won everything, won trophies and trophies and trophies. And trophies. Like Salas, that's where he is now, that's where he's got himself to. Yeah, and let's be honest, like, it's the platform around him
4: and the landscape, isn't it? It's, it's what we've, we're up against. I mean, as, as great as Gerard Dalglish were, Gerard did come across Man U and Chelsea, but I think realistically, world football's on a different sort of level altogether now in terms of speed, power, pace, health, and wealth within the game. So it's more difficult to remain at that level. You see it all the time. You see, look at Rashford, it's taken him six, seven years as a pro to reach any level of consistency. Uh, And, and, you know, Salah proved that since the minute he walked through the door. People say Mane was the the linchpin for us and to an extent he was, but Salah was the one who came in and took us from just qualifying to Europe to a Champions League final with 44 goals. So there's an argument to say Salah's the one that actually elevated our level to another one that we never expected to happen. He's he's kept it up since. For me, it's not just his goal, it's the assists. It's a bit like Messi. People compare Messi and Ronaldo on goals. They don't even look at the assists. When you compare Salah to one of the other great forwards, it's the assists. What made Suarez great forwards as well? It's the fact of how many goals he's involved in, not just he scored yesterday. He scores as many as he makes. And that's massively the, I've got, important. I can
0: bring it up as well, joking. Yeah. With the assists, so he's he's currently eighth. 69 assists in 291 games. Roberto Firmino's ahead. of the on 72. Wow. Kevin Keegan's on 72, but he played over 300 games. Ian Rush, 83, but he played 660 games. Steve McMahon on 85, 300 games. Like again, the Kings at the top, King Kenny on 515 games. But Mo Salah, there's a chance, like you say, mate, he could easily be above John Barnes. Into third, yeah. Um, And again, the game is—it is just like the numbers are. He won
4: won last year. I was really annoyed when he didn't get put in that FIFA Pro Eleven because Mm. you got De Bruyne in there. He's a great player, we know it. But look at the. Salah won the goals and assists toward the Premier League last year and he would have been high up there in Europe as well because he we made the final Like the disrespect from certain quarters of the world is ridiculous because he's not as big a name because he's a, a family man who like he said yesterday, I'm going to go home, see me family Obviously. celebrate have a cup of camera and see you go <laughs> to him. but because he's like that and because he's not like I don't know there's just something different about Salah where he's not appreciated the same way as your De Bruyne's are and your Haaland's you know the the Sean and Haaland in there who scored all the goals for Dortmund but what has he really done compared to Salah? Salah was part of a, a historic season last season. One goal, the boot, and assists, and just gets get ignored out of the FIFA Pro 11. It's bizarre. I don't understand mm. it. It's, it's it 20, should be there. Yeah, and
0: you know, he is. Because <laughs> when, when he came like eighth in the Ballon d'Orville, that's yeah. he, and he just laughed it off like fucking, yeah, yeah whatever. And, um, he's the king. And like, Trent Alexander Arnold crowned him with Joe can bring, uh, if, Sorry, if Aron look at that. That is the yes. That is Trent putting the crown on the king, Mohamed Salah. Then yeah, go on Charles Arnold's Twitter channel if you're listening to this as a podcast. But yeah,
4: Disappointed you haven't put a, a crown in there, you know.
0: That wasn't me, that was the actual picture.
4: I know we need to nick that and put a crown on it and get it on our Someone's socials. actually asked yeah, so me to paint it
3: and I'm yeah. going to put the crown in. I think, yeah, it needs I think, to that? it. Yeah. That's
4: right. Is, you should do as well. I'm yeah, going to so. put
3: the crown in, I think and you exactly need so. to. He is
4: the king. Tag yeah. me in
0: Steve, oh please, no, we're, this is bad, This is a
4: joint venture. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, <laughs> 20%. Right then, yeah,
0: him. he is the king. He is Muhammad Salah. he is the king. Bask in the glory of him, he is the best, the best, the best. All hail King Mohammed Salah, I think that is fair for us all say. Right, moving on then, it's time for the Biased Football podcast. Paul, Steve Plunk, Dan, Club and myself had a big old chat with everyone else. What's going on at the top of the Premier League, in the race for Europe and of course in the relegation zone as well. One of the clubs obviously in that chase for Champions League football are Newcastle United. They're having a little bit of a wobble as of late and we had a big old chat about what's going on up at St James's Park. Do we
5: think, I'll start with you, State, this is the end of Newcastle's... the beginning of the end of Newcastle's top four challenge?
0: Yeah, I do. I think, that, I think they're more likely to finish sixth than fourth at the minute. And which they they, they just haven't got the squad. No. They've had a hard season. I always say, mate, that... The Carabao Cup's fucking boss if you win it, but if you get to the, if you lose if you have to if you get to those semis and don't get through where you get to that final and you've lost it, it's a it's a drain it's a real big drain. Those those extra three games in a busy winter period, they don't have to take the toll and we've seen already, they've had a couple of injury knocks, they've had a couple of suspensions, they've got a really good I think their first eleven is, is really, really strong. I think they're lacking a striker, I think they're lacking a goal scorer, but very good goalie, decent centre half score fullbacks, they're, they're sorted. But then it's it, it when they start creaking and, you know, well, Bruno knows that. Well, who's playing midfield now? It's like, oh, I don't know. Or like, you know, mm. he's going to knock to Almoron. Almoron's purple patch was always a purple patch. He was never as shite as people said he was. Mm-hmm. And he was never fucking ballons or whatever. You know, like the form that he was in. He's found his level now, which is a pretty, all right, decent footy player. So, this Newcastle gets to a cup final and finish sixth. They'll, they'll bite your hand off at the start of the season. The progress is there. This is kind of how it's meant to go. And they cause and then they'll spend more money, and then and then they'll look to fill up those 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 weaknesses. But mm. I agree. I I think like I think Liverpool and Tottenham will finish fourth and fifth in some order, hopefully. So above them. But I, what I would say like, I don't like. This isn't like knocking Newcastle. They've had a great season. They were probably still overperforming a little bit, and now they're underperforming it's a bit, like reverting back to the mean. But. As a launch point for a team with literal unlimited wealth. As long as you know if they can get round the rules that, that are in place, which everyone seems to be able to do. Yeah. You know, it'll be the the Saudi Arabia, St. James's Park for like a billion quid next summer or something. They can go out and then they can go and buy that striker and they can buy the depth. And before you know it, you buy yourself a you buy yourself a sixty million pound winger and then Alma on your bench. Or I say maximum on your bench, and then all of a sudden you look, you're going, "Ah, we've got good options there at the minute." You're looking at their squad, and you're thinking there isn't much there beyond yeah. what they've got. Like Cal, you can't. I like Callum I disagree. I actually think Callum Wilson is prolific, but he can't be on pitch long enough. He's never fit enough, and he can't. He doesn't trust it enough. So I think if you if you said to Callum Wilson, "He's going to play 38 games," I, I think he'd be in around 15 to 20 goals. I really, I think he's. Well, he's good. got seven
5: and 18. Yeah, yeah 18 appearances, 15 starts. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's.
0: Borderline one in two. Which, that, that, that's a twenty-goal season striker. That can help you get top four. But Isaac, he started well against those, didn't he? But he's yeah. the same. He's been injured and he's having off time. So, yeah, I think you know, league forty next season. They'll have to deal with. I think they're going to be. In that. I think they're going to have to deal with that as well. The, the pressures that that will bring for them. But this is what it's like, mate. It's not you know all the money in the world, but you can't. You don't just go there to there. Even City had to go a little bit, a little bit. Chelsea. Remember the Chelsea under Abramovich? They just they scraped off four, and then they go and get all the money, and then they and then they go bang. Like that's what it feels like. Newcastle are doing? are good. They're actually setting themselves for a, from a good starting position to go at it. But with all respect to Newcastle, with their players getting any of the getting the City team or getting the Liverpool team or getting the Spurs team, getting the United. Very few, really. Yeah. You'd say yeah, not, yeah. not the many. Of them. The weight, they aren't are they? a little bit, but yeah. but but. It's all backed down by the fact that the money's there. We know it's there, and we know what's going to come down the line. But the play, the, the bar, the the team is like a decent Europa level league team, really.
5: What do you reckon, Steve? Do you reckon this is the this is it now, the inevitable tail end? Since the World Cup was going to be different for everybody, and since the
6: World Cup, their their form's not been great. I think they've won two out of the last six or seven, maybe more. Um, and, and Steve's point about squad depth and you, you, you shouldn't sort of speak disparagingly of players because they're footballers but goes missing for a month and they've got to rely on Matt Ritchie that isn't a guy who's going to get you into the top four uh, all due respect to him he's a professional footballer who am I to, to even suggest oh that. no it's
0: fine you can be disrespectful fuck him but and Jacob him. Murphy as well but, yeah. but you know and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> good analyst Ryan Fraser
5: you know, <laughs> Andy <laughs> Gordon
0: in, 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 uh, yeah, in generic yeah, shit footballer here, Fraser you know. who's, coach,
6: who's training with the young 21s at the moment because they don't think he's got a future but you look at the Liverpool game Grimera's was suspended three. you can't afford a three match suspension to a guy who's that good in yeah. a squad of that nature and then they rely on, they, they bring a young lad in Anderson from the youth setup, who, who they think a lot of, but those aren't the guys that get you into the top four. So, I, I think to say it today is probably done a month ago oh. for me.
2: Yeah, I think it is done, and like Steve kind of alludes to, I think if they were to finish sixth or even seventh, you probably have to say, you know what, that's about right, that's mm-hmm. kind of what you expected from the start of the season. You've reached a cup final, unfortunately, went on the wrong side of that, but yeah, if you finish seventh, that's kind of as your development goes, that might be even ahead of time, maybe a little bit ahead of your development there because they were a relegation friend sort of this time last year and Eddie Howe's come in transformed them. Fair play. They didn't spend loads of money. They've actually spent really wisely, but I think it does boil down to that lack of squad depth. Steve engines Elliot Anderson there. He was alone at Bristol Rovers last year. You don't go from being alone at Bristol Rovers to coming in, replacing a player as important as Bruno Gimmarais and sort of carrying on where he left off. It's just not how it works. So I think if they can... Sort of spend smartly again this summer. Newcastle won't go away. Look, they might be here to stay in and around the sort of top six, seven, as long as they can avoid getting sanctioned by the rules. Because I think they're about to fall foul again, aren't they? This week, I won't go too deep into it. But basically, the guy who was supposed to be the chairman has wrote himself down as the president of Saudi Arabia or the, or the uh, in an American court somewhere, and it's all a bit messy again. So, yeah, I'll get
0: away with this. Fine, they what got A good manager? They got, I think he is. A, I think he's a good manager. But there's a there's a there's a thing with Eddie Howe teams. Sometimes is that like you can find them out a bit as well. They really like Newcastle are where they are, and it's, everyone thinks of Eddie Howe now as this like progressive attacker manager. Newcastle are where they are because they never let goals in. Yeah, they were, they were never prolific going forwards. But the you know, it was a zero. It was it was the opposition had a zero in front of their their score a lot. Now that that's getting that's that's creaking a little bit. Um, and they haven't got the goal scorer. That's with us. So I, I, I actually, I, I think, I believe in what Neddy Howard and a lot of people do. But this is the first time now he's going to have to. You know, he's been a bomb. he's been, he's been spending pennies, you know, relatively speaking, in the Premier League. I know he got up through the divisions by bomb. Bomb. have invested a lot to get into yeah. the Premier League. I understand that. But once they got here, it was a different ball game. He's now got to figure out how to have a squad. You know, yeah. And that's yeah. hard. Like having a squad's hard. Well, yeah, like, Klopp's like, had to figure that out. Yeah, just, you yeah.
5: know, the thing for me, you know, I, I say. The jury's out on Eddie Howe because the whole the whole enterprise is just about vibe and momentum at the moment I think and I think they have been smart so far in their recruitment because they could have gone in January and done something mad
0: Well they did for Anthony Gordon but I mean, like, I mean, but I
5: mean <laughs> like you're meant to like as as opposed to Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well no we're, 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 both, both ways a bit you know like yeah, you're yeah. meant to go and buy you're meant to go and buy Damien Duff and Adrian Mutu or you're meant to go and buy Robinho, aren't you, you know, you're meant to go nuts when you've got all that money because why not but they're obviously in it for the long haul, so they're doing it smart. Eddie Howe's not, but by the time they are, eventually, where... because they if they if they are managed the same way that City have been, um, there's no reason why they won't win the Premier League in the next decade. But there's no way Eddie Howe's going to be in charge. He's like the the Mark he Hughes, w- w- exactly. yeah. Mark
0: Hughes or um, or Claudio Ranieri when um, when when uh, yeah. he, he's but he, that's what I'm saying. He, I think he is. I think he's a top ten manager but at some point they will outgrow them. They will outgrow them because done, they'll
5: not do that and that's what they're doing with the squad. Look at those players. I keep, I keep talking, we have this obsession with Dan Byrne, but like because <laughs> I saw him on a, on a social clip once and and he's, he stuck with me because he's huge. Um, but he's playing left-back for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but he's not He's not going to be playing left-back for them when they decide that they want to spend on a, on a left-back. That's just not going to be happening. And then you look through that team, and that's so why I got up on, on FB Ref, like in terms of starts this season, there's only 11 players who started more than 10 games for them. You know, there's a bunch of players who've made more than 10 appearances. It goes down to about, you know, I think Gumares is like the 12th most, made the 12th most appearances for them mm-hmm. this season. And Alan Tick Maximum's injuries will have played a part in that and what have you. But there's 11 players, and I'll, I'll name them for you Almiron, uh, Kieran Trippier, Nick Pope, Dan Byrne, Fabian Shah, Joe Linton, Sven Bottman, Sean Longstaff, Joe Willich, Bruno Gumares, and Callum Wilson. And then you look at that and go, how many of them in three years' time are going to be anywhere near this Newcastle side? Probably one. And it's and it's, it's <laughs> two. the ones that are at the, the 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 one there'll be one or two stars who were so good that they they ride it out. So you might find that Joe Linton mm. and Almiron are there, but they are the Adam Lalanas of the squad by that point. You know they've they, they're, they're dutiful servants. They're good enough to play on odd games, but they're not first team players. If Botman continues the progression, he will be because he's twenty three and he's obviously the future of their of their centre back. Gomarès, if he doesn't get poached by someone bigger in the short term, they'll build they'll build the team and around him and the and the goalkeeper potentially. But I think they'll reach a ceiling with him as well.
6: Potentially I think he stays point.
5: goalkeeper. I think he will. Real Madrid are back their eyelashes
6: at Gomarès, aren't they? So they've poached
2: and panicked there for a
5: second. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. Kieran Sipier is 32. You know, he's a stopgap short-term solution. They're not going to be able to need him. They're going to have him there when they need someone of that level of experience. Joe Willock, you know, still young enough to really, you know, to explode, but I don't I don't see that he will. And then after that, you're hoping that, again, St Maxman, proper cult hero, but he's fucking rubbish, you know? Like, everyone goes mad about St Maxman because he, he dribbly and he beats people all the time. And have he's good up, up to a point,
2: isn't he? He's good up until like you need him to do something sort of tangible. We call, yeah, we call that a tro or a syndrome. he's yeah.
0: he's he's a brilliant footy. He's been to, like the skills and that, and the pace is frightening. and yeah. He can shoot and stuff, yeah. but trying to find a system where he plays, where and I don't think he's good enough where you build a team around him. No. And, and we're, like when Wolves had Trioli for that one time, and he started doing everything around him, and he really shone. I'm not sure. I like say Maximum and he made his all fucking he's pl- vibes. vibes. He is, like he has the, vibe. yeah. the vibes, just the vibes footy player. But you again, like you can't what what do you do with him? Like where do you play him? He can't play on the wing because Well because you don't know what he's gonna do. He's, mm. he's so incons- he's up, he's unpredictable. He's not running back the other way, really. It's it's he is like he'll get he'll get to a point where they bin him off for someone who's just more like consistently yeah. solid. And you'd rather than going nine, 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 missing, 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 nine out of ten missing. You can just go right, and each one is just an eight, sevens, every single week. You can go bang,
5: bang, bang. This is the thing; they're in they're in Kultero territory right now. Where it is, it's all positivity, and their fans are all on board. And when you get the Geordies behind you, my word, that you know that place is unbelievable. Mm. And they are they're the great, you know, the the, the, the fantastic. They got something going for them. But this is the thing. You're right. When that when the steam runs out on that, what you need is a really well you know you need a well rounded squad. You need lots more good players all around all around the place. And they haven't you know that's where it will start to come start to come on. You can't just have one really good centre half, and you can't just have one really really good midfielder. And you know right, they need to find that goal scorer who's going to play every week and score the twenty odd goals.
6: With regards to the manager, he's going to be the next kind of Brendan Rodgers in as much that he's going to reach a point where he can't. Newcastle, what they need, he's not going to ask his players to text Williams to come and sign for them. I don't think we're at that level, but but players will be looking at it, going, Eddie Howe's trying to sign me. What do we know about Eddie Howe? Because because he'll have a, li- a limit he can get to. That's probably going to happen within the next twelve months for Newcastle. We'll have to look at it and go. We need a, a proper world class manager to come in and take this project on. He's done brilliant turning them from what they were last season to what they are this season. But there's, there are levels to this, and I, I, I think he's got a ceiling which yeah. stops Newcastle going forward in the way that they would like.
2: I think Graham Bottom I have a very similar ceiling, yeah. by the way. And I think they sort of jumped the gun, obviously changing the club there. And I think Newcastle, for what they needed at the time, he was the perfect appointment, and he's given them that. And I think he might sort of get them to that six or seven, but I think anything beyond that is a real stretch. I think he's,
0: I think he's a good. You I like think, him, I think I he's a, I think he's a good manager. I really do. I, I like what he does. Can he
2: handle that? So we're talking about signing those elite players.
0: Yeah, though. We, don't, he we, don't, we don't know. That's what I'm saying. But that's what we're, that's what we're about, to say. we're about to find out. Yeah, because these are these. Yeah, they've come here for they come here. Obviously, they don't need to make money. Cause they don't fucking need to make money. Yeah. It's just it's a sports-washing project and the only way you sports-wash is by winning. You have to win, otherwise yeah. you're not sports-washing, you're just, just owning the football team. Just for, if you're just watching. Well, you're not even washing, you're just playing, you're just yeah. playing the sports. Yeah. So yeah. They're here to win. It's So the, the, they'll be given a chance.
7: Yeah.
0: But he has to, Mark Hughes was given a chance and they found out to see you later. And before you know Bradford. it, of well, Roberto Mancini, you know what I mean? Because yeah. there's someone who we exactly. know. Yeah. And that's the thing. He, he, I, I think, I don't, we don't know, we, I, but I think he's a good manager, but you're right. Like, if he gets on the phone to like you know, I don't know he's on the phone to the bar or something like you know when, when he was leaving to get like, who the fuck's Eddie out?
2: Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You, at some point the it man sound very exotic, either, does it? At yeah, some right point, yeah. at some point, yeah, no,
0: Eddie, <laughs> At some point the the that, that that's what's coming. He's got it earn that that's hard. Like, but it, the only he's that's on him. Um, and time will tell if he can do big, it. Because, big fan of a room of.
5: Stee's, Dan's and Paul's criticizing the exoticness of Eddie. Um, but, yeah. Um, I'm, not to, I'm not trying to sign. <laughs> Eduardo,
2: I'm,
0: not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sign that the latest edition from fucking CDR. It, yeah, no, it's true. It, it, they're very
5: much so. But, yeah, it, it, it is. It, there's a ceiling to a lot of this stuff, and he might well break through that class scene. And British managers tend.
1: Life is full of
0: awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
3: United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly
1: coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Not to. Right then, let's crack on. It's Jano Inside time. Back in the studio this week, we had Neil Jones. He's feeling a lot better. I didn't have to quarantine away from him on Zoom like I had to last week. So yeah, he was right next to me in the studio, and yeah, we had loads and loads of fascinating stuff, really. Neil's, uh, again, Geno Insight, called it for a reason. We spoke a little bit about Bobby Firmino, Lewis Diaz, Jota, Peter Luger, John Henry, the Champions League final fiasco, and a lot, lot more. So yeah, check out this clip from Geno Insight. There's been a bit about Jota this week, but this hasn't been reported, by the way. There's, there's been numerous people talking about Jota, and maybe he could be sold and stuff. I don't think that was ever really likely to be anything, if, if truth to be told, But like... I, th- I saw Paul Gore support like you know. He said like th- there's probably no intention immediately me that there's a for me, you know, because at stands they've got six forwards. If as and when they're all fit, Roberto Firmino's going to leave. That leaves them with five. What you in your players, and then you mention your Carvalho, maybe
7: Bento, Bento,
0: Kate Gordon, whoever mm. it is. Like there's enough to do anyway in the summer. Like the Jota thing, I think we can knock on the head. Like that's non. That's going to be nonsense. Yeah. Early, well, we, well,
7: we'll we'll we start with that if you like. I mean, I I think. It would be. I would be amazed if Liverpool were looking to do anything with Diogo Jota. He's had a. He's had a season that's been a write-off so far, hasn't he? Pretty much, you know, what a handful of games he's played, maybe ten this season. He's been. He hasn't been at his best for a year, really, for for various reasons. One of them obviously was he wasn't starting games. Really, was he, he was. He was being left out because Jota was um, Jota, because Diaz had signed and made such a big impact. So Mane was moved into into that central role, and Jota was sort of in and out of the side. Then obviously he got the injury in the summer. It took a while to get back into the side or get back available, and then picked up another injury. So you can't really sort of go into this position of Diogo Jota's in decline or Diogo Jota's sort of you know no longer the player he was. That's we don't know that. And the evidence, actually, I think, of since he's come back, is that that's not true. You know, I think he, he might need a goal, and he might, you know, he might need a couple of goals. But I think you can see straight away Diogo Jota's sort of impact that he can have on, on Liverpool. He, he makes them, he makes them a very threatening side, and a far more threatening side than than they've been for much of this season. So he's still got a massive role. He, he signed a new contract last summer. Um, he was signed as one of these players that. Plays in two or three different positions, so sort of by definition, really, sort of loses chances but gains chances because he's being plugged in somewhere on the left or somewhere on the right or in behind when they play with four or down the middle. Um, I don't think Liverpool want to lose that. I don't. I'm not sure personally how highly rated he is away from Liverpool, I wouldn't I don't think he's a Sadio Mane or a you know a Mo Salah where Europe's giants look at them and say well, wow what a what a player I think I think people might need to look a bit closer to see Diogo Jota you know if if you were, if you're watching him so I don't see sort of Paris Saint-Germains and Barcelona's queuing up and saying oh yeah he's the one we want so we'll give you whatever you want for for him so I don't see much of a world really where where he he leaves at this stage you know you look at his age 20 26 I think Still got plenty to offer Liverpool, so no, I, I think, I think it, we can get carried away a little bit. And I'm, I'm writing, actually writing a piece for tomorrow for goal, where you know this idea that oh, we've seen Liverpool's new front line emerge. Or what where does Lewis Diaz go? Then you know, sort of which one, which one's playing down the middle? Is it Nunes or Gakpo? Or you know, we, we sort of we make this conclusion based on on the last game we saw, don't we? And we say, well, that's it. That's Liverpool's front three. So where does Jota fit in? Well, <laughs> we've seen many, many times this season. You know, 12 months ago, it what. Jota was in the front three, wasn't he? Jota was the centre forward. It, things can change very quickly with injuries, with form, with just sort of tactical tweaks and, and nuances. So there's going to be plenty, plenty for Diogo Jota to, to prove at Liverpool and plenty of opportunities to do it. So I think he's very much part of the future. Um, could be wrong, but I don't see it. And I think he's also, he's got that little bit different about him that other players maybe don't in terms of, you know, scoring sort of headers in and around the box and being that kind of poacher if you like. I know he hasn't he hasn't done it much in the last sort of 10, 12 months, but we saw him at his best. You know, he was that he was that penalty box player, wasn't he, that can open open the score in so many games, you know, get the first goal. And I think that that's priceless for a team like Liverpool. Yeah, so
0: you I 100% agree by the way, I think the five that we've got, you unless something mad happens, you're right. It's just whether it's what you choose to do with that six one I suppose, like say, we we mentioned loads and we're gonna speak about it later on as well. There's a lot. of, There's still you know. There's still whatever happens at the end of the season. There's still work to be done, in the summer and there's money to be spent. Um, I'm going to speak about John, what John Emery's comments as well, a bit later on. But in general, it does feel like this is one where, you know, they did it when they let a few. You know, they let Ariege go and they let Minamino go, and they were like, you know, we've got enough anyway. And Sadio goes, and they didn't really. You know, and it was Nunes. So it was one for one. But it feels to me like that it probably could be one where they just stick with the five, maybe, and they go listen. If you want you Bellingham, when you want X, Y, and Z centre half, or you want these midfielders, we can't do everything all at once. Yeah. It feels like they could go. It, it, this is where this is where signing someone like a Fabio Carvalho last summer makes sense because he's had like a year and a bit now where the right, you know, you, you, he should be in the position to take that sixth forward role. You would think.
7: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly that. And you've got you know you've got Bendow, who's played in the Premier League, you know, showed shown a pretty. Pretty good hand in, in what he's done. You've got Kay Gordon. we Still need to see him come back from from his injury, but someone he's played in the Premier League. So you, you've got teenage forwards there that are of of the potential to be pretty good players. And you know, you're looking around really. I mean, look at look at the sort of look at the rivals. You know, how many how many carry sort of six first team level forwards? You know, not many. Even City don't really do it. Do they? you know City got Harland and Alvarez, then they have you know Mares, and then they're, they're plugging in sort of players. You can play two or three positions: Andy, Bernardo, Silva or, or you know Foden or De Bruyne. You know Liverpool have got five players who are you know. if you Take well, it's four players. If you take Salah out as as being the star of the show, the four really behind it, you could throw a net over over them in terms of who you could put them in any order really. Like who's the best, who's the, who's the who's the second best. Um, not many clubs have that that luxury. I don't know if they they'd sort of take on another sort of senior sign. I think it'd be more likely to be sort of you know what can Carvalho do? And look, he's not had that many opportunities as he and I have to say. I think I think he's probably underwhelmed a little bit in terms of what he has provided when he's played, just physically more than more than anything. You've still got obviously a Curtis Jones, or Harvey Elliott who can move into the forward line, you know either side. So there are there are sort of. Good enough options, I think, for a sixth forward. Um, I certainly wouldn't expect Liverpool to be going out sort of targeting another Gakpo or another Nunes or another Jota, another Diaz. I think you'd be looking at them sort of working on a project. You know, maybe, maybe moving, moving Doak in, more into the first team picture or moving, you know, Carvalho and saying, look, no, you're, you're sort of you're gonna have to learn to play number nine or you're gonna you're gonna have to become a right side player. You know, those kind of things. So, I, um, yeah, I. I, I I can't see Liverpool sort of being massively in for forwards this summer. And it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't make an awful lot of sense with it in terms of, you know, what they've done in in January, what they've done last summer, what they've done the previous January. They've been buying these forwards for this moment, really, to, to sort of step up and and be ready when you know the old guard are moving on.
0: It's funny isn't it, because you, I, I bet a couple of years ago you either said. Of the front three Who's going to be the last one standing mm. Not many would have picked Mohamed Salah I don't think I always felt the, 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 I think the, the general consensus Was if anyone was going to go And have that big You mentioned before with The big money move yeah. It might be Mo Salah But in fact no he's going, He is going to be the last one standing Now Bobby's going Manny's already gone And, and it's, it's Mo Salah's job To almost be the transition Between you mentioned before like the, the two eras With Mo Salah Very firmly in the middle Still has the best player and on the most money and the, the star man of the whole thing, but it, yeah. it, it, I think you might have got good odds on that a, a couple of seasons ago, perhaps.
7: Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, especially when when they won everything, didn't they? And you know, you thought you sort of thought he felt like the one out of the three. who, who had that ambition for the, the storyline of their career to go, and I want to do this, and then I want to do that, and I want to do this, and I want to go and play here. And you know, he's obviously he's been pretty well paid to to, to, to hang on, hasn't he? But I think it does reflect well on him, you know, the fact that. Standards really haven't dropped after, have you know. I know he's you he had some t- tough times and, you know, got a few bad months and people talk about a bad season they'll the twenty two goals. Um but he does seem to sort of it doesn't take long, does it, before he strikes up a relationship with these new new players that come in. You know, you've seen him with Harvey Elliott, you've seen him with with Nunes, you've seen him with, with Luis Diaz, with, with with Jota now with with Gakpo. I mean that was great signs at, at the weekend of that. Or the last few weeks, really, of that development, so it does feel like a little bit. I suppose he's he's almost like the new Steven Gerrard a little bit, isn't he? In the sense of you hear players talking and saying when they signed, it sort of Gerrard, if he was having you, yeah, you knew quite quickly, you know, he'd, he'd start firing the ball into you or he'd start looking for you. And we saw Gerrard, didn't we? You know, when players like Torres and Suarez signed, that he gravitated towards them, and it was like, right, yeah, go on, I want to play with these type of guys. I think you're seeing good signs from Salah in that regards that he's having. He's having these players that Liverpool have brought on to play with them, so yeah, it's, uh, it bodes well. Um, although, you know, we shouldn't forget the struggles of this season and the fact that you know it can it can get to the stage where we're, we're looking at it saying, "Do you want to finish seventh or tenth? Um, We should we should sort of take the positives without without believing that you know everything's going to be rosy. There's still a lot of work to be done.
0: Cheers very much to Neil there and like I say glad that he's on the mend and we can get things up and running again finally then it's time for a clip from the opposition preview show mentioned earlier on didn't I that Liverpool are indeed playing against Bournemouth this weekend Steve Plunk spoke to Ahmed Shubal. He is a journalist. He covers Bournemouth for The Athletic. He's also written for The Times for Copper 90. He's been on Sky Sports. He's been everywhere really, as Ahmed. And yet, Steve had a big old chat about what Liverpool can expect down at Bournemouth this weekend. The game's
6: coming up the weekend. First things, how do you feel about that? I haven't seen what Liverpool did to Manchester United last weekend.
1: Uh, I can sympathise with Manchester United fans having uh, witnessed a 9-0 earlier in the season uh, in person. Uh, seven is uh, granted two goals shy but I think the pain is still the same as the level of pain there as well but no I mean um, I remember Liverpool not being in the greatest of form when Bournemouth met them earlier in the season in August I think correct me if I'm wrong but you hadn't won a a league game up to that point there was that really rocky showing uh, against Fulham um, where you guys struggled and Bournemouth fans are starting to think hold on a minute maybe we can maybe we can get a piece as well because at that point Fulham were not pushing for Europe. They were another a promoted side like us, so we were sort of seeing uh, a situation where we could get something. I mean, it could be another giant killing. Bournemouth have done a few of those in their, over their Premier League existence, but <laughs> it wasn't to be. And now we have a, a, a sort of... a on, We're on the other end of the spectrum now where we've just seen Liverpool put seven past a resurgent Manchester United. Uh, and maybe it could be a, a, an inverse of that. Maybe Liverpool won't be as strong as we, we we saw them last week. We, we don't really know what to expect, to be honest.
6: Yeah, that that result, much like the Bournemouth result, the Manchester United result, an anomaly. It's not something you would expect. They're, they're kind of freak, bizarre results, much in the same way Aston Villa 7 Liverpool 2 was. And on the same day, I think uh, United lost heavily, didn't they, as well? Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, those results do happen from time to time. I don't expect the same thing to happen at the weekend. So, just touching on Bournemouth, obviously, off the back of the 9-0, Scott Parker came out and committed Harry Carey in terms of his comments to the press, but basically put his hands up and said, shoot me now, I'm finished. Um, There was no no coming back from that. Gary O'Neill was given the job a few weeks later till the end of the season. How, have, how do you think things have gone for Gary O'Neill? How do the Bournemouth fans feel about the job he's done?
1: Yeah, I think it's quite divided, um, but I think it's definitely weighted more towards um, Bournemouth fans being uh, unhappy with Gary O'Neill, particularly in the appointment. It kind of came out of nowhere. The briefing at the time was that the club were looking at external candidates, um, uh, namely Marcelo Bielsa, uh, and that didn't come to pass. So then it got to a point during the World Cup break where Bournemouth were heading out to Dubai. They needed, uh, I guess, a, a fresh face, a new manager um, to, I guess, instill his, his, his ideologies onto the players. And in the end, they they kind of just went with Gary O'Neill. And it, it, Gary O'Neill is obviously, he showed himself to be uh, a very uh, astute manager at times during his interim spell. He would come back wins against Nottingham Forest and against Leicester. Uh, and he really steadied the ship. You know, you go from conceding nine goals at Anfield, players' confidence is rock bottom. As you mentioned, Scott Parker's comments saying the players were under-equipped, you know, in in, in public. Not the first time he'd done that either. Um, So, you know, Gary O'Neill had a hell of a job on his hands and he handed Bournemouth a life raft, really. Uh, And he was, I guess, awarded with the permanent job. But since then, um, it hasn't gone to plan. I think Bournemouth went, I think it's four games after the World Cup break without a goal. Um, And, you know, they were in such... Form and they were beginning to slide down the table. I think now Bournemouth, Bournemouth find themselves at the bottom of the league for the first time this season, which obviously I think will catch most people by surprise. But yeah, as I say, things are quite divided, especially after that last-minute heartbreak at the Emirates uh, on the weekend. I mean, it's I think that was the third time this season Bournemouth have given up a two-goal lead to lose again, and that's the most that any side has managed in a single Premier League season. So some fans think that's acceptable, like even if you're away to the league leaders. But um, others are more optimistic and say that performance, the fact that they went two goals in front at, at the Emirates against Arsenal, not many sides have done that. But the fact that they did that and the overall performance gives them, you know, hope that they can—they have what it takes to survive. Especially when you consider there's like, I think there's six points separating 20th and 12th place in the, in the table right now. And Bournemouth still have a few of those teams to play. So it, so it should go right down to the wire.
6: Yeah, it looks like anyone from 12th down is, is including Crystal Palace and not really safe from the, the dreaded term um, relegation battle. Um, it yeah. can take a couple of results. You know, Southampton picked up, are picking up results infrequently, but they are picking up results. Everton eked out a draw uh, against Nottingham Forest away, which is a good result because Forest are unbeaten there since September, if memory serves me correctly. So, you know, that 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 the face of it isn't enough for them in the relegation battle, but, but isn't a bad result in the grand scheme of things. It, I, I don't know whether you agree it will come down to of those seven, who are the, who are the three worst teams between now and the end of the season and, and, and wh- where do you see Bournemouth picking up points against the likes of who?
1: Uh, I'm seeing those teams around them, so Leeds, Everton, West Ham, uh, I think Bournemouth considering how, I mean, they've got this mammoth sort of weird run where they had uh, Man City, Arsenal Liverpool in back-to-back weeks at the beginning of the season and then again now and Parts of those performances against those big teams, as I mentioned earlier, they do give a little bit of hope that Bournemouth can get points off of those around them. But we know if football, doesn't football doesn't always work like that. Those teams in and around Bournemouth, towards the bottom of the league, are not going to be as sort of expansive. Uh, they're going to they're going to sit deep, uh, and they're going to be quite a lot of um, like if Bournemouth are going to get anything, they're going to have to be ugly smash and grab performances, as we saw uh, at Wolves. That wasn't uh, I think the only goal of the game was. Came off Marcus Tavernier's die, you know, and it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a sort of a glamorous um, passing move. It was kind of just one of those situations that Bournemouth had to get a goal and just get out of there. Um, So there have been flashes of some real quality. I think the January signings in particular have been key to Bournemouth kind of turning things around. We're seeing um, Hamid Traore, who's a a young sort of central midfielder and attacking midfielder, um, who's really injected some creativity into the side, Uh, Dango Watara, who plays on the right. Um, a very sort of dynamic both footed winger can go inside and outside um, they're sort of now beginning to gel with Dominic Solanke and Philip Billing uh, so we're starting to see Bournemouth kind of in their final form now and those signings are starting to gel um, and I think you know, Bournemouth's defence leaves a lot to be desired but what they didn't have at the beginning of the season under Scott Parker and under Gariano's interim spell was that firepower up front and now that they've got that the players are starting to gel, I think that could be the key in getting them, if it is you know, if they are to survive the season, they will be key for sure.
6: Interesting you mentioned Dominic Solanke. We'll spend a moment talking about Dominic Solanke. Obviously, uh, Liverpool, a player once upon a time, uh, sold to you guys. Probably fair to say has threatened to fulfil his potential on a number of occasions and never really gone the full distance. What are the mm. thoughts of, of the Bournemouth fans on Dominic Solanke? And has he, has he started to show what everybody hoped he would be?
1: It's an interesting one with Solanke because when you get when you score twenty nine goals in the championship, um, people expect you to come up to the Premier League and start scoring instantly, like we've seen from Ivan Tony. We've seen from uh, Mitrovic this season as well, even though he's kind of uh, tapered off a little bit recently. But with Solanke, I I'm beginning to um, resign or resign. That kind of sounds bad, but I guess I'm g- beginning to accept the idea that he's not. Um, a ruthless number nine. He's not a, a, an out-and-out poacher. He's not, he's not a goal scorer. He has that in his locker. But he is someone who uh, I think would be best described as a 9.5, halfway between a number 10 and a number nine. There were times last season under Scott Parker where he basically played as a number nine with Jamal Lowe playing ahead of him as a central striker and he did really, really well. I'm thinking of the 3-0 the win uh, at Coventry last season where he did that to a tee. And he's showing at times this season he's able to drop deep on the half turn but he's also got that physicality of someone like Keith Moore, for example, who can be a focal point. His hold up play is really good, but I I get the sense that Gary O'Neill wants to get that goal scoring prowess out of him a bit more. Um, but yeah, when you look at his numbers, this is I think it's four goals and uh, it may even be four assists as well. Not sort, not like um, you know numbers that have set the world alight, but he, when you look at his overall performance, I think it'd be a bit uh, you'd be a bit remiss to only look at his numbers and judge him off that as most people do with modern strikers. He just provides so much to the team. His his ability to run at the channels. He's almost turned into a, a more of a provider this season for Bournemouth than a, than a goal scorer. Um, and I think that's probably caught a lot of people off guard and caused them to sort of mischaracterize him as someone who's not reached his potential. Um, I think a lot of people expected the world of him when he came through at Chelsea, uh, as most people do. But um, I'd say that he's still got a long way to go in terms of reaching that full potential. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he's, um, he's been disappointing or anything like that. I think he's still Bournemouth's best striker. I think he's been one of their best players this season. And also, when he doesn't play, there have been spells this season where he's been injured. Bournemouth look completely lost without him. So I think he's absolutely imperative to the team. Um, and I think he can only get better, really.
0: Cheers to Steve and cheers to Arne for that one. And cheers to you guys for listening to the entire episode of Redmen Weekly. Hope you've enjoyed it. Like I say, all those shows are available in full, even in video or in podcast form. You can get it in your native podcasting apps as well. If you want to sign up to redmenplus.com, use that code weekly. If you sign up as a yearly club captain, you'll get it for 50% off. If you are a Spotify user and you want to sign up directly through Spotify for Redmen Plus... You can do that as well. You can go through them. If you just search for Red Men Plus Podcasts on the Spotify app, you can search for us there now. You have to pay Spotify directly, and then they give you access to the content. So we can't offer you any discounts or anything. So if you want it for a bit of a bargain, your best way is to go to redmenplus.com. But if you love Spotify and you only want to use Spotify and you're desperate to give Spotify a little bit more of your hard-earned cash, then feel free. Search for Red Men Plus Podcasts on Spotify. You can sign up through there and you can get the exact same shows in podcast form. You don't get video, but you do get the podcast. Right, that's enough from me for this week. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Let's hope Liverpool can indeed get three points down at Bournemouth and we'll be back next week with another edition of Redmen Weekly. See you later.
3: Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now.